a worldview is a mental model of reality. Our worldview is what we see as reality in the world. It's our perception. It's our worldview. There are a lot of things that can work toward a contribution into our worldview, but everyone has one. I mean, if you've stated an opinion about anything, say deer hunting, you have a worldview. You have a maybe it's from a, a deer stand, I don't know a tree stand, but you have a world view. It doesn't matter what it is, it, it, it shapes every aspect of our life. How we live, the direction of life, and our future is that it is moved along by what is called a world view. Now, what I want to bring to you is this, though everyone has a world view, what the greatest of need today in our world and what is paramount into the life of every believer is that you and I have what is called a biblical world view, that we see things through the glasses of God's word and the word of God. A biblical worldview is shaped by what the Bible says and specifically centered on Jesus Christ, our Lord. A biblical worldview has three main elements in it. Number one is truth. God's opinion, not mine. Truth, it's God's opinion and not my opinion because everybody's got an opinion. You do, your friends, your family, everyone, and even God has an opinion. According to the Bible, God's opinion is the truth. That's what we believe is the Word of God and Bible. The Word of God is that God's opinion is in the Bible and it is truth. The second element, not only the first one of truth and that his opinion, not ours, our opinion, but the second one is something called, to have a biblical worldview, is something called submission. Submission is, is that God's terms, not my terms. It's, it's according, submission to have a biblical worldview is God's terms, not my terms. Knowing the truth is one thing, but submitting to the truth is another. That when we submit to truth, then we're living out truth, and it takes submission to accept a biblical world view. Now, submission's hard to do. I don't know if there's anybody stubborn here. Maybe some of you uh, married couples might want to point to the other one and says he or she's stubborn. But there, you know, uh, maybe someone want to tell on someone. I don't know, but we'll offer a couple counseling later if you need it. But the, the fact is, is that, you know, it's that it, it rubs against our grain to be submissive and to give to submission. 
And, and even, even more so today, we're having trouble dealing with submission and kind of going along. And we should question things that are put upon us that might have a, a other opinions. But we, other opinions do not matter. The biblical worldview is what matters with God's people and the church and Jesus Christ, his saints. And so submission is if you have a biblical worldview, you come to God on his his terms and not on your own term you submit to him some of you here today may be here and you know you're not serving God you that you are living in sin and that that you, maybe you were a Christian and you drifted away you have to go back on God's terms it can't be your terms and if the Holy Spirit is calling you and speaking you now for repentance and come back to God by all means do it because God is offering an incredible plan for you and a blessing for you in this life and life eternal that he'll be with you and he'll help you and he'll not leave you alone when you have a biblical worldview, you see things according to God and his word, and you view things, and you fashion your life, your lifestyle, what you say, how you live, where you go, whatever you, I don't know, maybe, I guess you shouldn't really, I don't know, somebody might even base what they eat according to what the Bible says. I mean, you can do that. There's some good logical sense in there about not eating certain foods, but I'm just telling you that everything comes out of us it should be based on the word of God and how we think we should view things through the eyes of a biblical world view now 2 Timothy 3.16 says in the New Living Translation all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong. You see, you, you choose the Lord and you choose him and you choose by faith, allow Jesus to be your savior and your Lord. Then through the word of God, God's word will teach you and will tell you that what is useful, what is true, and realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it, the Bible, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work not only in an element of a biblical worldview is there truth and then there there is also submission but another one is number three is relationship love God and love people now I, I want you to know that all of these elements are important but you can't omit any of them there must be all three of them there are people wanting to skip the truth of God uh, and the submission to God and suddenly say yeah I like this relationship thing I'm gonna love God and love people and it's fine because many people living things in the guise and disguise of what is called love but it's outside of what the Bible says what love is and so they're living a lifestyle living a life that's contrary to the word of God and if they just hold on to the the idea I like this thing called relationship I like this thing called the love of God and love of God but you can't have relationship unless you have submission with God and if you believe his word is being true so much that you base everything according to the word of God anything outside of that of just clinging like to the love of God I'm in love but I'm gonna live like the devil 
Bible. I love God, and, and I'm the cousin of Satan, you know. It ain't going to work. It doesn't work that way. You've got to have a relationship with God, and then that it causes you to love God and to love people. Yeah. This book is thick for a reason. It's not a pamphlet. It's not a booklet. It's not a paperback that I hoped to get in school when I had to have a reading assignment to hand out a paperback book. That was okay. That was good. But boy, when they handed out those novels, oh my gosh, great expectations were handed to me. God help, I mean, God bless Charles Dickens. When I had to read that, oh my gosh, it's, it's too much, too much, too much. But to those of us who understand the great blessing, benefit, advantage of having a biblical world uh, worldview, we realize, thank you, God, for giving us a full word, a thick book, a, a complete book, a, a manual that will give us guidance of what you think. There is no guessing game with God. There isn't. I mean, there are mysteries of God. The mysteries is why he loved man when he does and he does. I don't understand why he, he loves humanity like he does, but he does. I, I mean, there's the mysteries of God of how much he can do and how far he can go. He's beyond description. He's so There's not a space or an area that can fit God in because he is so great and he is so glorious. He is mysterious in those areas, in his workings, in his way. But when it comes down to his heart, we know what the heart of God is. And he doesn't leave that to a mystery. So that's why he's allowed us to have a biblical world view. That ain't so important. Tis the season, isn't it? Tis the season. What do you mean, Pastor, tis the season? Well, you know, we'll be saying that around Christmas time, won't we? You know, tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. Oh, come on, Christmas. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for a little bit of ho, ho, ho and, and deck the halls and let's be jolly. I'm ready for it. How many here ready to have a holly jolly time, you know? I'm ready. Because right now a whole lot of depressing stuff and heavy stuff and down stuff and, you know, stuff. Not only wear a mask, put on two masks. You know, it's like, let's double down. And it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, there's nothing wrong with wearing a mask. But you know what I'm saying? It just doesn't seem natural, does it, to have to do that or doing it. And it brings us, i got to admit to you, it brings me down. Does it bring you down? Yeah, yeah. well, I don't have the pocket on this one earlier today. I had a pocket with a mask. I've got them. got them over there. It's sitting there. It's waiting on me. <laughs> yeah. It's waiting on me. Ronnie, Ronnie, when are you coming over here? Ronnie, come on over here. Come on. I'm just kidding. Okay, just joking. But really, we need to do what we have to do and need to do and what is best. I'm joking with because somebody, please, will we please laugh a little bit here? We need some laughter here and lighten up a little bit here and thank the Lord because the Lord just still sits on the throne. You're able to laugh because you know he's sitting on the throne. He's still in charge. No matter what comes out of the White House, no matter what comes out with, uh, with the WHO or who says what and Dr. So-and-so, it doesn't matter. God is sitting on the throne. So why don't we just laugh a little bit, okay? I think it's okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now, 
Now, I, I don't know where I was going. I, I was going somewhere, and I can't remember now. I got on the mask. Tis the season. Thank you. Tis the season. You know, Christmas is an exciting time, but what I'm saying, it is a season. It's a season because we're in another season now, too. And thank the Lord it'll be over in a couple of weeks. You know, the, the, whatever. It's been heavy, hasn't it? It's been, oh, it's been vicious. Let's just, you know, let's just go. Let's, we've got, man, we've got, we've got something going on, you know, and, and what's going on in the political scene. But you see, we've got to have a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview. So much of the Bible needs to be first, foremost, before us, going out before us, believing this is my worldview, this is my worldview. You know, maybe so much first and foremost in your life that maybe you ought to be registered as a Biblican or a Biblicat or Biblocrat, not cat. Or I'm trying to fit in Bible and independent, but you can message me later if you can make a word out of that. Or libertarian, or you know, or or federalist, whatever. But the fact is this: I'm telling you, God's word is the answer. And when you do vote, and please vote, do vote, do vote. I've never seen anything like this in my life, either by mail or in person. But go vote, do please vote, vote. When you do, be sure you put on the right set of glasses. Be sure you put on the right view and worldview. Be sure that you're looking through this thing right here before you go and start writing something down and decide on something. Because, listen, the world is filled with personalities. And some of you are looking at me right now like I'm a personality. And sometimes politicians, how many here say glory to God, praise God? Politicians have a personality, right? Amen. And they're not perfect, whatever. But what we decide on, let it go through the word of God, a biblical word worldview it doesn't matter about my opinion it doesn't matter about personality it matters everything about truth that's what matters that's what matters then I just let the Holy Ghost take care of the man I let the Holy Ghost take care of the man or woman whoever's running I thank you for correcting me I was politically incorrect there I let the Holy Ghost take care of the man or woman but what matters is what, what, what are they packing, you know? What are they carrying along? That's what matters. That's what matters. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm running out of time. I'm not. I, that's right. I may have another week on this. You will, so expect it. Um, here, relationship, love God, love people. Jesus gave the Shema in, in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. He talks about you must love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. He says this is the first and great, greatest commandment. A second one's equal to it. He said love your neighbor as yourself. And we can love through a biblical a worldview. We can love people like see people through the eyes of Jesus see people through the word of God. I'm glad somebody loved me. I'm glad somebody saw value in me. I'm glad somebody was willing to tell me about the Lord, that, that, that somebody cared enough. You know why? Because they had the love of God. They loved God and they loved people. How many here are witnesses of fact somebody loved you? Somebody talked to you? Somebody shared the truth to you? And some of you, some people really had to spend a lot of time with you. And look at you today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man has to use a lot of effort. God doesn't have to use effort. 
His grace is abundant. His power is endless. And he'll forgive us. He'll cleanse us, whatever. But it takes man to keep on sharing the word. Keep on giving the truth. Keep on sharing the love. Keep on giving the Lord. And, and keep on fulfilling, doing what God wants us to do to win the lost. Amen. I don't want anybody to die and go to hell. Does it? I'm not going to ask for a vote here today. Somebody might be mad at someone. But I don't want anybody to die and go to hell because hell's too horrible. This book tells me too bad how bad it is and how horrible it is. But it also declares to me that nobody has to go to that place. That there's a way, even when there doesn't seem to be a way, there's a God who, who will forgive. That if sin where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound. And that God will forgive whoever that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. So you need to ask the Lord, God, do I have a biblical worldview? Or have I let stuff come in? You know, we've how many here have ever heard the phrase or the title, fake news? <laughs> I mean, it's almost like there's a word you add to when someone says a sentence like, hey, I just saw something really true on the news. Not. <laughs> what it is is that there's no longer um, unbiased opinion shared. What it is, the media has decided to share a narrative. They've created a narrative all the time now, and they're kind of telling us how to think and what to think and what to do, but whatever. But I tell you what, I don't wear diapers anymore. <laughs> Aren't you glad? My wife is shouting to God. I don't, I, I don't wear baby diapers anymore. I don't have to be fed baby food anymore. I don't need to be taken care of anymore. Because God, when I was a child, uh, I spake as a child and I acted like a child, but I'm not a child anymore. And because the word of God is, it calls me to understand and see things uh, that the normal man doesn't see and understand. Those things that are deceived, that are received spiritually and discerned spiritually that the natural man can't understand it but when I have and you have a biblical worldview the Holy Spirit will show you things God will say things to you and you will know the truth while everyone else is a liar God is true so you know fake news has been going on for a long time you know since the history of man Eve why aren't you eating this fruit, Eve? See, it's been around for a long time. Fake news. Oh, God doesn't want you to eat it because you'll become like him. See, it's, it's been fake news and deception all along. The enemy uses that. And even Paul writes in, in Colossians 2, 8 through 10. And he, we must look out for false views, for the false views that are shared. And I'm so concerned that so many talented, gifted, energetic people and the young adults of our time right now is being wasted on false views that God could use them to change the world. But I'll tell you what, God ain't done with this. He's not, he's not fish. I mean, sometimes we think politically and think in the world like, my goodness, we're outnumbered. No, you're not. You never have been outnumbered. If God's for you, who could possibly be against you? 
You and the Lord make the majority, okay? And I just happen to believe that our God, our great God, with great love and care and concern for humanity, he proved it 2,000 years ago by being nailed to a cross and suffering a hideous, heinous death as Jesus did and rose from the grave and ascended back to the Father. And every day, every moment of eternity, he's speaking on our behalf. He's interceding for us. And with that love, don't you know our God is unchangeable? and that love and his concern and his passion hasn't diminished one bit, guess what? Our God still loves the world and he still loves humanity and he still loves the young people and the adults and the children and everyone who is born so much that when it looks hopeless and, and beyond us ever changing the moral fiber of this country, there is God that can move in on any scene. The Roman Empire thought they would stand forever but it was through the name of Jesus Christ and through God and his grace that even the Roman Empire fell under the under subjection to the church and to Jesus Christ because of the faithfulness of the saints. I believe that in the worst of circumstances there can be an explosion of the power and the love of God and it's something called revival and God will give revival to our world, to our nation and people will discover the love of God and will regain a biblical world view. Some of you walking, talking testimonies of it. How bad were you before you got saved? What kind of mess were you in? And then the Lord saved you. Hey, Nothing's impossible with our God. Nothing. Let me read Colossians. Paul writes here, and he's, and he's warning about a lookout for false views. He said, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, I like that song, I believe. I believe in Christ the Son. In the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Can I read that in, in the Message Bible? I really like the way it reads. Okay? Here we go. Back at the same verse there. Colossians 2, verse 8 through 10. Paul writes, and this is in the Message Bible. It says, Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you. His power extends over everything. Peter writes in 1 Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. You know what he's saying? Sanctify means setting aside. Sanctified, the word means setting aside. Prioritize. Prioritize the Lord God in your hearts 
and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. He didn't say that I am a truth, where it would be an inclusion of all other ideas and faiths and philosophy, that there are many ways to God, many paths to get to God, and God help our present generation, and young people are being given that garbage about that, and Christians are getting confused about it, that there are many paths to God, but here Jesus debates the issue. Here, the word is bringing out a biblical worldview here. Jesus said, I'm not a way, I am the way. Jesus said, I'm not a truth, I am the truth, and therefore, there is no other to compare, there is no other to accept, there is no other way. You get on another road outside of Jesus, then you're going to a road of no and headed to judgment but if you get in the path with Jesus Christ uh, who is the truth who is the way who is the life then he will bless you he will give you eternal life he will give you promises uh, precious promises beyond what you could imagine he will give you strength and power he has given you a word so that you can know what God is thinking and what God thinks in his opinion he's given us every advantage uh, that we might reign on this planet and in this earth through the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The biblical worldview is shaped by what the Bible says and specifically centered on Jesus Christ. John 1.17, the Bible says, For the law was given through Moses. We all know that, don't we? Everybody has seen the Ten Commandments. Everybody has seen it on television, right? How many here have never seen the Ten Commandments movement movie with Charlton Heston? You've never seen it? You go out and get that movie for that girl. I'm telling you, listen, I used to think all along that, that I looked at Easter time for the Ten Commandments to be on television because I thought, what's well, about Easter? Now I realized, well, it's about also Passover that's celebrated with uh, with the Jewish community and about Moses, but I don't know. I just always thought Jesus was in the middle there somewhere. But here the Bible says here, and it's obvious here in the Scripture. John writes, he said, "For the law was given through Moses, through the Ten Commandments, the law given, but grace and truth." came through Jesus Christ. Now, someone in the crowd tell me, I'll give you an opportunity to talk. Wow. Someone, someone please answer me. If you don't answer me, I feel like I failed as a pastor, okay? But somebody answer me this question. Why did Jesus come to earth? Oh. Die for our sins. Who answered that? Raise your hand. All right, that's good. Good answer right answer he did come to die on the cross for our sins so we might be forgiven it's a good answer but can I also add this that that's not the complete answer because according to scripture here Jesus came 
he said the law was given unto Moses John 1 17 but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ in other words when you talk about him dying on the cross forgiving us of our sins he's talking about grace yeah grace if it were not for the grace of God where would we be God's grace and he forgives us because he died on the cross but he also came that he came to down the cross that we might have our sins forgiven but he also came that he might bring truth a truth that will keep us going a truth that will maintain us let me tell you the grace of God through God's grace we are enabled with power we are forgiven even when we don't believe we ought to be forgiven if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and so therefore through grace I am saved but it's also by faith and it were not for the truth you would have no faith you would have nothing to stand on this whole thing about Jesus would be a myth but because of the truth he came to bring the truth he came to be the the way the truth and the life and because of truth you and I can rely on the word of God when we don't feel God you ever get in that place where that your feeling box is broken and you can't feel God and we say oh God where are you I'm so broken I'm so upset I can't feel anything I don't feel the Holy Ghost tingle anymore I don't know but there's something because something else that's called truth and because we have truth we begin to believe in this word no matter what even if my feeler doesn't feel anymore that God is near he says I'll never leave you nor forsake you I'll go with you even to the end of the age uh, when I feel like I'm all defeated uh, and I feel it all over have you ever felt all defeated all over but then suddenly you say greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world do you understand what I'm saying this biblical worldview is going to carry you it's going to keep you it's going to preserve you it's a truth uh, that has set us free and a truth that's going to free the whole world Biblical truth, biblical worldview. I challenge you. Start answering your questions with a biblical perspective. Change the way you think. Have a biblical worldview. The world needs it. The world needs truth. It needs truth truth not a flexible relative truth that changes according to circumstances and where I'm at and then it's true it all depends it all depends on weather but no the truth is an absolute truth of the word of God we can live by that The biblical worldview presents to all of us a compass, to everybody a compass. This is a compass even to those who have not totally believed in the Lord. It's still true. It's still true. I've known people who weren't Christians started going according to Scripture and doing things Scripture, and all of a sudden they get saved because they realize, man, there's, there's so much in that word. There's so much in that truth. But it's a compass to live by, to exist by. A biblical worldview brings answers to this confusing world we live in, giving the believer an edge in life. And we all can have it through a biblical worldview. 
In a biblical worldview, we have certain things, advantages, and understanding that is a great blessing for us that we have it because with a biblical worldview, you have something called origin. You have origin. And the word origin means is something from, with, from which anything arises or is derived. I like this word, a source, a fountainhead. I have a fountainhead, you know. The first stage of existence and beginning. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 1, 10 through 12. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. God created us. In other words, listen, humanity today and always need to understand that we've never been an accident. We've never been a happenstance and evolving into a scientific thing that you got to have faith to believe in evolution. It's so wild and profound, but... But to but a generation and, and people today have we went through generations of believing now and evolution and believing and believing that you're just this mass and you were born like uh, the cow over there next door was born in the field the pasture and that you you know you were a calf you're born you're gonna live you're gonna eat grass and you're gonna die maybe be a steak on someone's plate at least even cows got somewhat of a purpose but with us. It's like, you know, well, we just, you know, we're going to live, we're going to die, and it's over. When we die, it's all over. How sad, how sad to think that. That's why, that's why evolution has evolved and, and even taught and schooled and brought about an ungodly doctrine, a thought, an idea that a baby, while a mama's carrying a baby, it, all that child is is a piece of tissue. And that is, did you know that there are laws being passed in states that are so urgently trying to pass laws that abortion not be, uh, not be allowed after the fifth, uh, fifth month because after the fifth month a baby can feel, uh, pain and what goes on. And, and I don't have to discuss with you the method of, uh, of abortion and what it's done. See, through a biblical worldview, we don't see that as a fetus. We don't see it as a piece of tissue. We don't see it as something that doesn't have a meaning or purpose, but we see that, that this baby had an origin. This baby is not an accident. This baby is a blessing. This baby is alive. This baby has a, a living soul within this baby. This child is a human being. And so therefore, through a biblical mindset we can't just say okay it's fine it, it's health for the mama I don't understand that please help me somebody pray for me because we have gone from pro-choice to pro-abortion and not only pro-abortion now we're calling it that it's women's health care I want you to know that the focus in someone who looks through the word of God when in lieu and view is, is, is one thing when you look into a biblical uh, worldview, this is what I feel I feel like everybody has become a victim. Mama has become a victim under a falsehood. Mama has to live, or that woman has to live the rest of her life with pain and, and wondering and, and, and suffering. And the enemy knows it, so the woman suffers through it. And then the baby's life is lost. Somebody please tell me, what does that have to do with the health care of a woman? Oh, I know I'm in trouble. That's okay. 
I'm just telling you, somebody explain it to me. I guess what it is, I just don't see it. You know why I don't see it? Because I have a biblical worldview. Please, don't try and convince me otherwise. But I can tell you a part of my view is this. The Lord loves that woman who's been a victim. And she's been a victim. The Lord loves that woman and will heal and help that woman. Because the devil is a thief who steals, kills, and, and destroys. He's a liar and a father of liars. It has no truth in him. So therefore I say, oh God, God help our women. God help the women of our nation and women who've gone through this. Maybe somebody's even watching or sitting in here and you've gone through it. Oh, may the Lord's grace be upon you and his love and help you. God doesn't hate you. He's reaching out to you. He loves you and he cares for you. And the devil is a liar and he's a destroyer. And he's going to go to the lake of fire. And he won't pass go and collect $200. We have a biblical worldview. It's not political, my friends. It's morality. And that's another thing. See, a biblical worldview brings origin and meaning. We discover meaning in life. We have meaning and purpose. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Brings meaning. Meaning. See, not only do we realize we have an origin through God that we're created in His image, and we have per we not only we have an origin, but we have meaning. And many people need to know they have meaning in their life. Acts 13 and 36 says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. We got to serve God's purpose in our generation. And may, there's a meaning with a biblical worldview. God will, God will use you. He'll bless you. He'll allow you to be a world changer. It'll be a meaning. And let me say this out to you. This is what God's laid in my heart. Lee and I have been praying, seeking God about it. Do you know what God spoke to me and told me to do? He said, Ronnie, he said, this is the time where that you're going to go on and tell people. Because in the, in the thing about, about meaning is this question. What is my purpose? What am I to do? And so what am I here for? And so therefore, I'll tell you, God's going to speak to folks and speak to you and tell you things to do. You know what I'm going to do? I say, go and be blessed of the Lord. And we'll help fund and support to make whatever it is outside the walls of this place. I don't care. God will use you. We'll try and support it and give financial support. So it will happen. It's a day and a beginning, amen, for ministries to rise up. This is a ministry season. This is a time to do because the harvest fields are white and ready for harvest. And the Lord is sending out harvesters that are going to do ministry and reach people. Whether it be feed them, clothe them, reach out to them, counsel them, love them, meet with them, go to where they're at. That's, that's what he wants us to do. What's, what's happening, meaning. So I feel like God's raising up, going to raise up in this season. People who understand the meaning. And then, of course, there's morality that comes with, with this worldview, biblical worldview. We know and morality, how we're supposed to live. God doesn't say, okay, you're saved now, you're on your own. No, God tells you, this is right, 
this is wrong. And what's so great about God is this. You ever had in, anybody come up to you and tell you something wrong about you? Anybody have it, have it happen this week? Oh, God bless you all. Anybody ever had that? I've had plenty of people come up and tell me something What's wrong. You know, a whole lot of problem. You know what it is? The world has lots of problem finders. I'm a problem finder. Look at that. Do you see that? See that? It all of a sudden brings a lot of hurt and discouragement, difficulty, all this stuff. But the problem is the world doesn't have a lot of problem solvers. But Jesus Christ... Through the biblical worldview, we understand what Christ did. Christ said things that cut people. Jesus said things that were hard and difficult. Jesus deals and he convicts. How many here believe that God convicts people today? He convicts. How many here enjoy being convicted? Oh, yeah. I love it when God spanks me. I love it when God gets a hold of me. I'm under conviction. He's dealing with me. But I want you to know how Jesus does it. He comes, Greg, and he finds the fault. And he comes to me and says the fault. He says, you've done this. You're doing this. I'm just saying this hypothetically, okay? I'm not judging Greg or anything. Greg's, Greg's a good old guy, okay? He's not old. He's a good guy. Okay, there we go. Now, I'm, I'm digging a hole here. But you... You, Jesus, come to you and say, Greg, you're doing this, 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 Greg. And you say, oh, 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 oh. But you see, with one hand he's pointing, the other hand he's giving the solution. He gives the solution. That's what happened to you when you fell under conviction. He convicted you, but then he gave you a solution. He cut you, but then he healed you. And bringing about a procedure to make you and I more godly. That's how God does it. We're living in a time people do not want to feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel guilty. I may be guilty, but I don't want to feel guilty. Well, I don't want you to be condemned. Because conviction and being condemned is two different things. Conviction is a moment and opportunity of a way out. And being condemned, it's too late. The biblical worldview is Jesus has come to convict, but also to solve. May I tell you, how many here know what I'm talking about? Dealt with you about you. He come to you and said, you can't do that. And then he says, this is how you can go around it. You can avoid it. You know? He gives us a solution for it. We need to pray, dear God, give us a biblical, biblical worldview. Let me see through your eyes. Let me think and flow through you. Because knowing is not always doing. And we know a lot of things, but we need to do things. And we need to follow through. And God, give me a world, a biblical worldview that I might see. That I might see. And a lot of people need prayer and love and understanding. And Jesus Christ, he said not only to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. He said, but also love one another. Love your neighbor. It's just as equal. So whatever happens on November 3rd, we're still going to love everybody, aren't we? And if my politician doesn't win... He's not mine anyway. He's just a politician. But the one I voted for doesn't win. I'm going to pray for the one that does win. 
Because the Lord has, why? Biblical worldview. He tells us to pray for those in authority. I don't want to limit God one bit what he can do. How many here believe God's in charge? And we need to do what we need to do. The Lord speaks to us and we need to do and have a biblical worldview. But we, we always, with that biblical worldview, means that we trust in our God. We trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I had that when I was 17 years old when a cute girl gave me a Bible and signed it and put that verse in it. A cute girl, I married her. Was I 19 at the time? Well, well not much different, 17, 19. But it's still, you know, it's young. And I still have that Bible. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah, Jesus. I don't know, I believe maybe I'm talking to somebody who'd like to have their mind changed. They'd like to change their mind this morning and think more on a biblical worldview, thinking through the word of God, walking after Christ and after his word. I believe everybody in this room has that desire. Some of us may have trouble with it. And maybe you're here today and you're not saved and you're lost and you know you've never prayed to ask the Lord to forgive you you've never been saved today's your day today's your moment we're not going to wait till next week we're going to invite you today and maybe you're backslidden you drifted away from God and you know you're not where you're supposed to be well we're going to invite you today for the Holy Spirit has dealt with you and dealing with you right now and we want to seize the moment and I want to invite you to accept the Lord and to be forgiven of your sins. To come back to the Lord and be restored in fellowship with Him. I'm so glad that He does that. Can I get an amen out of somebody on that? Amen. Aren't you glad the Lord does? Oh my goodness. Amen. I'm so glad we, I don't believe in just having pep rallies. I believe in having opportunities of salvation spiritual things happen that will last a lifetime and forever maybe you're here this morning you say i need the lord would you just slip your hand up and let it down just raise your hand up right now god's the only you know you're not right with him he's speaking to you right now just raise your hand and let it down anyone in the house anyone anyone i want you to invade the atmosphere right now how do you change the atmosphere you you take over atmosphere by worship and worship him and i want you to worship him this morning call out his name and praise him right now would you just worship him right now and let's just lift your hands toward heaven if you're a christian and just lift your hands toward heaven and say god oh lord move in this room and Touch our hearts, God. Touch my heart, oh Lord. That I draw closer to you, Lord. That I have a biblical worldview. I don't want to, I don't want to talk and act like the world is, is doing in their attitude and atmosphere. But I want to embrace your spirit. I want your spirit to lead and guide me. I want your word to be the word that I speak. To be the language that I speak. 
and the actions that I do, Lord. I want to have that biblical worldview right now, God. Holy Spirit, begin to move in the atmosphere right now. In Jesus' name, go ahead.